Welcome to Wonderland is proud to support the 2023 Soda City Comic Con. August 19th and 20th, join thousands of fans of fantasy, comics, science fiction, anime, classic games, pinball, and much, much more as they descend upon the Columbia Metropolitan Convention Center. One day and two day tickets are now available for your chance to meet Sean Astin. As well, you can meet actor 90s heartthrob Vanessa Angel. Plus, you'll meet voice actors from your favorite anime series like Attack on Titan, Demon Slayer, One Piece, and many more. Visit SodaCityComicCon.com for tickets and more information. The 2023 Soda City Comic Con is a premier pop culture experience in South Carolina. Get your tickets now. Visit SodaCityComicCon.com for details. Welcome to Wonderland, the podcast where I go down the rabbit hole to research things you may be curious about. My name is Ami, and I'll be your guide on this trip to Wonderland. Hi, I'm happy you're joining me today for this trip down the rabbit hole. I've been hard at work feeling my way through managing different sites that help me get my content out to other people who may be interested in it. As I was working on setting up this podcast on various sites, I marveled at the ease with which we can communicate with our friends, family, and complete strangers, right on the internet. And as is usually the case, I began to wonder. I 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 wonder. What specifically was I wondering about? I was wondering about how these sites that keep us in communication with each other came to be. So what topic are we diving into today? Social media. 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 That's right. Social media. We're going to look at the beginnings, the evolution, the good, and the bad on this trip to Wonderland. Let's start with the basics. What is social media? Social media is where... Uh, people can um, uh, get together in a community setting in an online yeah an online setting where you can interact with friends family whatever in a social manner I mean just like a platform for people to put out their thoughts and connect with others and sometimes bully people I mean (laughs) Um, a place where people can be social online by device various platforms that you can use to share things that you want to share with people it is a place for people to get together and share information gifts uh, memes with each other social media is an online presence to do everything from share life events and pictures to argue about politics news and social issues While I like Merriam-Webster's definition of social media, which defines it as forms of electronic communication, such as websites for social networking and microblogging, through which users create online communities to share information, ideas, personal messages, and other content such as videos. I actually more closely relate to whoever defined it as interactive technologies that facilitate the creation and sharing of information, ideas, interests, and other forms of expression through virtual communities and networks on Wikipedia. The term social media is actually a fairly broad term and can refer to a variety of types of sites from social networks to discussion forums to other networks for image sharing and video hosting, bookmarking, blogging, consumer reviews, interest based sharing economies, and social shopping. Which social media platforms have you heard of? Twitter, now X. Um, 
Instagram, Facebook, Threads, TikTok. Can't really think of much more. Those are the ones I use. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter. I think there's Threads now. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok. There's so many more, and I can't think of. I can't. Um, I feel like we're missing a big one. Oh, wow. Does MySpace count still? <laughs> <laughs> Can we really go back to that one? Facebook, Twitter, or X, um, Truth Social, um, Instagram, Google. I don't know. I can't think of that. I don't. There's. Hold, can I cheat? No, no, no cheating. All right. Um, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Oh, it's not Twitter anymore, is it? X. Plenty of others. MySpace. YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, MySpace. Um, Instagram, Snapchat, um, Twitter, Reddit. With more than 2.6 billion active users globally and more than 70% of Americans using social networking, chances are you've heard of one or two of them. There are currently 15 social media platforms that have at least 400 million active users as of July 2023. The big one is Facebook with 2.989 billion monthly active users. YouTube is close behind with 2.527 billion users. WhatsApp and Instagram both boast 2 billion active users monthly. Some of the most popular social media sites are those that fit into the social networking bucket I mentioned earlier. This is where you'll find sites like Facebook, Twitter, which I guess is now called X, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok. Discussion forums include Reddit, Dig, Quora, and Clubhouse. Image sharing and video hosting networks include Instagram, Flickr, Photobucket, YouTube, Snapchat, Vimeo, and TikTok. As you can see, some sites check multiple boxes. Bookmarking networks allow users to save different ideas, lists, and content and include Flipboard, Pocket, Pinterest, StumbleUpon, and Feedly. Blogging networks, which is where you publish your thoughts and more, include Tumblr, WordPress, Medium, and even Facebook. TripAdvisor, Yelp, and OpenTable are all well-known social networks for consumer reviews. Interest-based networks are specialized networks that are curated to specific interests or hobbies, like Strava, a site for athletes that includes the ability to track workouts and races, or Goodreads, which is a social media site for the bookworm in your life. Even several shopping sites have added a social component, such as Poshmark, or social sites have added a shopping component, like Facebook Marketplace. And while this seems like a ton, there are still so many out there. Some are big in Europe or Asia, but not really used here in the United States. Some other big platforms globally include Douyin, QQ, Sinaweibo, and Quashao. With so many options out there, which platforms have you used? Which do you regularly use currently? Um, I mostly use Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I do have Snapchat on my phone, but I don't. I don't use it. YouTube, Reddit. Uh, Facebook and TikTok primarily. Instagram if somebody sends me something. Reddit a lot. Oh, yeah, Reddit. MySpace. Still do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan. I only, I only use uh, Facebook and Instagram. I use Facebook pretty regular and TikTok, but I, um, I've used all of those that I mentioned before. Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Facebook, Twitter. Oh, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, and Nextdoor. TikTok. Oh, TikTok. Discord, Twitch. 
and you use a ton of them. My main ones are Facebook and Twitter, and I just got threads, but it's not catching on for me. Like I said earlier, there are literally billions of Facebook users out there worldwide. Chances are high that you are using or have used some sort of social media in your life. As a matter of fact, most social media users use several different sites, with less than 1% of users being exclusive to any one site. For example, statistically, 70% of Facebook users also use YouTube. 78% of them use Instagram, too. Nearly 1 in 4 LinkedIn users are also active on Reddit, and 6 out of 10 Reddit users are active on Pinterest. More than 3 out of 4 TikTok users also use Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and WhatsApp. So there are tons of options for social media. And almost everyone is active on at least one site. So what do you use them for? What do you do on these sites? I use social media for personal use, just to see what people are up to and find information. Um, news at times, if from a reputable source. But then I also do promotions for a podcast page. I mostly just use them to promote our podcasts. Answers. Answers for what? My games. Specifically Reddit. Um, honestly, nothing. I just stalk other people's stuff and share animal videos and recipes. Uh, entertainment, primarily. Sometimes if I'm trying to figure something out, Reddit or TikTok has solutions. Communication as well for Facebook. I scroll. Yeah, I scroll. See what's going on with people. Skip the ads as much as possible. Look at their pictures, you know. Sometimes I post. I'm not a big poster, but sometimes. You do sell stuff, though, on Facebook. Yes, use Marketplace. According to a GWI report, the primary reason users between the ages of 16 and 64 give for using social media is to keep in touch with friends and family. Just over a third of all users use it to fill spare time. 35% get their news on social media, and around 30% of users research articles or videos on social media. A note here these two are actually different based on age group. Users 16 to 34 cite filling spare time as their main reason for using social media after keeping up with family and friends. Users 45 to 64 cite using these platforms for news as secondary to keeping up with friends and family. From there, about 20% of users are doing work-related networking or research, 22% are watching or following sports, and around 20% are following celebrities or influencers. There are so many great things that we can do on social media in 2023. But what was the original purpose? Let's dive a little deeper in this rabbit hole and talk about what might have been the first social media site. And when did it start? Um, I think Facebook. That's the first one I remember. Either Facebook or Twitter. I know it was like, like 2010 or something like that. MySpace, 1980. MySpace, 2000. 2000. 2000. <laughs> Probably not the right answer, but the first ones I was aware of were Facebook and MySpace uh, in the early 2000s. MySpace is the one I think of first, and it was kind of like Facebook, except that I think it was a lot more based on like sharing uh, for music and artists. I think it started in like 1999 or 2000. I want to say MySpace, but I don't think it was actually that. Well, I mean, would a chat room count as... Like I bet you social, would. Um, AOL. Yeah. Chat. AOL chat. We'll have to agree with that, yeah. Historically, some people say that to some degree we can loosely attribute a series of dots and dashes on May 24th, 1844 that spelled out, What hath God wrought? 
Magnificent by Samuel Morse. Michael Rosenwald wrote an excellent piece for the Washington Post called Before Twitter and Facebook, There Was Morse Code, Remembering Social Media's True Inventor. Back in 2017, that's a good read. I'll link it on the website for those of you who'd like to go further down this particular rabbit hole. Essentially, the introduction of Morse code allowed the country to begin communicating in a way that sounds much like what we do today. Telegraph operators would chat with one another using Morse code, and other operators could hear everything transmitted and join in on the conversation. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Rosenwald goes on to report that there was even an early version of text speak. GM meant good morning. SFD was stop for dinner. The numbers 88 was love and kisses, while 73 was best regards, and so on. He even said that operators would become friends over distances with people they never actually met. And there are even anecdotal tales of love found over the wire. And while many marveled at this ability to quickly connect with folks over long distances, it certainly wasn't a sentimentality shared by all. A journalist wrote in an 1891 issue of Atlantic Monthly. America has in fact transformed journalism from what it once was. The periodical expression of the thought of the time, the opportune record of the questions and answers of contemporary life into an agency for collecting, condensing, and assimilating the trivialities of the entire human existence. The effect is disastrous and affects a whole range of our mental activities. We develop hurry into a deliberate system, the pursuit of novelties and sensations into the normal business of life. And to think, 115 years later, the way our world would communicate would be forever changed by a college dropout named Jack Dorsey, who coded a site for users to post 140 character messages when he introduced his new service, Twitter. But so much happened between the time of Samuel Morse and Jack Dorsey. I think we can all agree that Morse code isn't really what we think of when we think of social media. So how did we get to where we are today? We could talk about ARPANET and NSFNet, both of which allowed scientists to collaborate and share software, hardware, and other data back in the late 60s to the late 90s. But that's not quite what we're going for either. Saqib Shah, a writer for Digital Trends, penned an article in 2016 called The History of Social Networking, in which he claims the beginnings of the modern social media sites could be found in a little thing called bulletin board systems, or BBSs. Users access these online systems over their telephone lines with a modem. Once logged in, the user could post messages to other users or download files or games. Because this used a phone line, this was mostly a local thing, as long-distance rates would apply. Because they were local, it often led to communication moving from online to in-person. Yours truly was a frequent BBSer in Simpsonville, South Carolina, back in the 90s. I had three or four regular BBSs I visited where I played a text-based online role-playing game called Legend of the Red Dragon, or Lord. I actually did end up meeting several people in person, many of whom were my very best friends for years. Friendships that were made on a black screen and green text, but they lived on well past my BBS days. The logical transition from BBS for many was to America Online, or AOL. AOL allowed for member profiles and communities. The world was moving forward swiftly and accepting technology and the internet for all it had to offer. So now we're getting closer to what we think of as social media. And it was in 1997 that most people agreed that the first true social media site was born. The site was called SixDegrees.com and was developed by Andrew Weinrich. It was based on the concept that no person is separated by more than six degrees from another person, a la Six Degrees of Separation from Kevin Bacon, and allowed users to create profiles, invite friends, 
make groups, and look at others' profiles. The site only lasted till around 2001. On the heels of 6degrees.com going by the wayside, another contender in the social media category popped up in 2002, Friendster. Friendster included the same components of 6degrees, but also introduced the ability to share videos, photos, and messages with other users. Within a few months, Friendster had over 3 million users and grew steadily until hitting over 100 million users. Friendster rebranded in 2011 due to competition from Google, Yahoo, and Facebook, and eventually closed down in 2015. Shortly after Friendster started up in the early 2000s, Reid Hoffman, Alan Blue, Constantin Furick, Eric Lai, and Jean-Luc Valiant launched a site on December 28, 2002 called LinkedIn. That's right, LinkedIn just celebrated its 20th birthday. The site was focused on professional networking, and that remains its primary focus today for its 575 million registered users. And while LinkedIn had much early and sustained success, Brad Greenspain, Krista Wolf, Josh Berman, and Tom Anderson changed the game in social networking with the little site they launched on August 15, 2003, called MySpace. Fun fact, it turns out that while he was president of the company, Tom, from the profile, actually didn't sign up for a MySpace until September 2nd. MySpace was originally a file storage platform, but quickly transitioned to an online social network. MySpace has a pretty interesting history in and of itself, including deciding not to buy Facebook for $75 million back in 2004, but we're not going to go into it here. I'll share some links online if you're interested. Speaking of Facebook... That site launched in 2004 as a site for Harvard students. It stayed exclusive to Harvard until opening to the general public in 2006, and in 2007, it launched its open API Facebook platform, and from there, its success exploded. Falling behind the likes of Facebook, you see what I did there? YouTube and Reddit launched in 2005, Twitter in 2006, WhatsApp in 2009, Pinterest and Instagram in 2010. 2011 brought Snapchat, Google+, and Twitch. Tinder launched in 2012, Discord in 2015, and TikTok in 2017. An interesting piece in the rise of social media is a little symbol that is used across multiple platforms to organize and aggregate posts. What symbol do we use, and when do you think people started using it? Oh, uh, uh, um, the hashtag. There you go. (laughs) Oh, the hashtag. And, God, um, I want to say probably like early 2010s. I feel like high school is when the hashtag came out. Hashtag? 1970. Uh, a hashtag. When do I think, um, when it stopped becoming the pound symbol? Um, I don't know. 2010. Hashtags. And I think it, it probably started with Twitter. Uh, as far as timeline, 2009. I would say it's the hashtag. And Twitter, I believe, is what started that. So 2010, maybe? Ah, uh, the hashtag. For most Americans, the symbol, two horizontal lines intersecting two vertical lines, was predominantly thought of as a pound symbol. How did it become the symbol for tagging tweets, Facebook posts, and more? Chris Messina, a former Google developer, tweeted on August 23, 2007, How do you feel about using pound for groups, as in pound bar camp message? He chose the pound sign because it was an easy character on his 2007 Nokia phone, and other techies were already using it in other internet chat systems. 
A couple of days later, Stowe Boyd suggested calling the pound sign a hashtag, which Chris Messina agreed sounded catchier. So why is it called a hashtag other than it sounded better? Because it looks like hash marks, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I, it's, a, it's a pound sign. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing because I mean hash because of the name of it. Some people call it that, but I don't know because it's it, it looks hashy. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a hash brown. <laughs> it does not. Uh, I don't know. People didn't like calling it a pound signal anymore. Uh, because the younger generation didn't know it was called pound. Because people don't recognize it as a pound symbol from their telephones. According to an article by Ryan Todd, the director of marketing and sales at Elser Hotel, etymologists have identified that the earliest English term for a symbol similar to the pound sign was a 15th century word, hatch, which means interwoven strips of metal and was derived from the old French word haché. In the 1960s, the word regained popularity in British English, but was also used to refer to the number sign on the phone and to precede a numeral. Also in the 60s, the symbol became known as an octothorpe by the telecommunications industry. But at the end of the day, octothorpe and pound sign just didn't have the same ring, and hashtag was ingrained into the daily vocabulary of the English-speaking world, eventually becoming a legitimized word by Oxford Dictionary in 2014. No matter what it was called, Messina started using the hashtag in his tweets and encouraged his friends to do the same, hoping it would catch on. And at first, it did not. But then, during the 2007 San Diego fire, people started using the symbol to track what was going on. And it worked. Kind of. The space between San and Diego and fire made it difficult to track, and Messina suggested that the hashtag should be used with no spaces. Soon, people were emulating it, and it continued in that form. In 2009, Twitter was finally on board and hyperlinked to the hashtags, at which point usage skyrocketed. Hashtag, the more you know. So that kind of gets us through how we got here, but where are we going? Hopefully down a dark hole to never be thought of again, but um, and I think social media is headed to a point to where it's going to be like our sole form of communication. It's just... And sole way of people doing a lot of things in life. I, I think it's I think it's just going to continue to branch off into different things over and over and over. Again. I mean, I have a hard time seeing it beyond like what it is. You know, I, yeah, it's still going to be the. I mean, it, the social platform is just that to be able to reach out and communicate and reconnect and and all of that so and, and we've got the marketplace so you can sell stuff we've got what up they're all interconnected I, so yeah. i don't know i really don't know maybe expanding more into the ai or virtual reality space augmented reality space rather not ai but mm, holograms i see it creating a uh, society of people that don't communicate unless it's through anger and just yelling at each other in posts. A dystopian society in which everything has fallen apart, except for some reason our cell phones still work. I see it maybe being integrated into everyday life when it comes to maybe job resumes and things like that, kind of like LinkedIn. Um, Also, maybe the metaverse. People can go there to be a space to connect with people who are far away. Well, if several internet studies can be believed... I hope you have a TikTok because it's going to continue to take over the world on its way to becoming a super app. 
In addition to several features it released in 2022, such as 10-minute videos to compete with YouTube, TikTok stories to compete with Instagram stories, photo mode to compete with carousels, and TikTok Now, a Be Real clone, along with partnerships with Linktree, Shopify, WooCommerce, and speculation about a podcast app. There are even rumors that TikTok may be building global fulfillment centers and getting into the warehouse and logistics business. According to Google Trends, interest in TikTok ads has increased by 1,125% since 2020, and TikTok ads' revenue is growing so fast it's expected to match YouTube ad revenue by 2024. And that's just one social media site. And not even the biggest. One thing is certain. All of these sites make corporations and advertisers very excited. And why not? The average user spends two and a half hours daily on social media. Even if someone doesn't use it, 90% of Americans have heard of Twitter. 91% have heard of Instagram. And 95% have heard of Facebook. And honestly, I don't know who the other 5% are who haven't heard of any of these. As a result of such high usage, specialized algorithms have made social media and advertisers dream. Add to that that statistics show that people are going to social media more and more to make buying decisions, and in some cases, even to buy. It's no wonder businesses want in on that action. And anytime corporate America gets involved, it potentially impacts the trust that users have on the product. Pinterest and LinkedIn rank at the top of the list for digital trust, while Twitter and Facebook are at the bottom. And when it comes to concerns for e-commerce, around 30% of users don't trust social media sites with their data enough to actually purchase from them. Despite that, social commerce sales per buyer have increased steadily since 2019 from around $319 annually per buyer to around $641 annually in 2023. And because of this, experts predict that billionaires will continue to buy social media networks. Elon Musk purchased Twitter in 2022. Kanye West proposed purchasing Parlay in the same year. And just as likely as someone with extra capital laying around buying an already existing social network, some wealthy business folks might just create their own, such as Donald Trump did with True Social, also in 2022. There are billions of users out there, and for the wealthy... The high cost might just be worth it. So with billions of users across the sites driving up usage daily, what happens to a person's account when they pass away? Well, it depends on what the creator intends to do. Well, if you, I know that there's at least in Facebook land, I'm assuming it's fairly similar amongst all of them. Um, You can, uh, if you have a person set up, to administer your account, then they can create, I mean, they can just let it sit there. You don't have to do anything, but you can also create like a memoriam, I forget the actual word they use for it, a memoriam site. That way people can continue to go out there and post and everything, but I guess, but there's, you know, you can tell that they're deceased or passed away. Yeah, maybe there's an activity from the user, from the profile person. Yeah, depends on what their family wants to do with it. Either they can memorialize it or just leave it alone or just delete it. Uh, Sometimes I see them get, I guess, memorialized. Um, But then I see a lot of, like, fake versions of that same one trying to scam you, I guess. I don't think anything happens with it unless they have set up some sort of uh, pass to an individual uh, whether a, a loved one or something like that, and then they can turn it into like an immemorial. My dad passed away, and it's still there. And so nothing, I believe. Maybe there's a time limit years-wise, but uh, I know that when people pass away, a way to grieve and still connect is to message 
there, them kind of talk to him. So I think that's kind of cool. The internet is forever. And in some cases, so is your social media account. But to some degree, your content and digital footprint out there is something to consider as you make your own final arrangement plans. Believe it or not, some lawyers suggest ensuring that your wishes for your social media account are expressed to your loved ones the same way as you would about some of your physical possessions. Different sites handle deceased users in different ways. Twitter, for example, will not give a Twitter account to another person, regardless of their relationship, but will work with immediate family to deactivate the account of a loved one who has passed. Facebook actually gives the option of a living person to set their own account up with a legacy contact who will be given the ability to take over the account in the event of the user's death, allowing family and friends to still access the account and post to it. Instagram allows memorialization with proof of death, and essentially any of these sites will allow an account to be deleted or deactivated with proof of death. And much like your loved ones must prove that you've passed, sometimes when you're living, you also have to prove who you are in order to have your account verified. But what does it mean to be verified? And how do you get verified? Well, different social medias have uh, different levels of, uh, or, or things that they need to achieve in order to become verified. If you're on Twitter, I think you just pay $8 a month and you can be verified. Uh, Facebook, I think, requires a certain number of followers and then interactions or posts. And YouTube requires a certain number of uh, posts as well as number of hours watched of your content. TikTok, I think you have to have a thousand followers. So on Twitter, you can just pay eight dollars a month to do it. To be verified on Facebook, you have to have a be a public figure of um, that's famous people, politicians, or use it for work. I guess it means that you are certified as who you say you are, and how you get that. I guess depends on the platform. Some of it. You probably have to register and verify information, and some of it you pay for. Verified is a blue check next to your name, usually, that tells people that you're real. And how do you get it? By being popular, I guess, on that social media. Um, so verified that like you're a real person, you are who you say you are, usually it's a celebrity, and... I'm not really sure the process. I know with Twitter you pay for it now, but um, I'm not 100% sure of, like, the process. I think you have to have a certain amount of followers, and you have to, like, prove certain things, but I'm not 100%. Oh, um, I have no idea how to get verified, but that means that you're legit the person you say you are. Right? So I don't know how they do it, but... Are either of you verified? Um, so you guys are not who you say you are? No, no, no. Of course not. <laughs> Never. <laughs> First, you have to be famous, right? Uh, yes and no. So originally, yes, celebrities were among the first to be verified, and this was due to the number of fake accounts using their namesakes and likeness. In 2020, Facebook reported around 5% of its users, or 137 million people, were believed to be fake users. In order to ensure it really was Jimmy Fallon sharing a post, the blue check was introduced. Over time, it became available not only to celebrities, but also to businesses, bloggers, political figures, governments, and personal brands. How a user gets verified varies from site to site, though generally speaking, there is no minimum number of users. Facebook and Instagram, both meta companies, require that your account is authentic, complete, unique, and notable. Notable is the hard part here. 
Essentially, if searched in Google, you have to be well-known, highly searched, or important enough to be talked about, such as being featured on multiple news outlets, for example. I Googled myself, and while I am at least the person on the first several return, they're really just my social media sites and an obituary that my name was listed in. Unfortunately, not notable. So no blue check mark in my future. There are plenty of things to say about social media and its impact on how our world operates. From positive things like how it brings people together in a crisis to negatives like cyberbullying and depression. It's difficult to brand social media as a good thing or a bad thing. What are your thoughts on social media? Uh, I don't really think about it. Do you think it's good for people to have YouTube and Reddit and Facebook or you think it's bad for them? Depends on what they're looking at. Um, I hate social media. I get on it because <laughs> I need to delete it because I get bored. But, um, I mean, I think social media has its place, but it it has its pitfalls, too. I think some people get too sucked into social media and the likes and the, you know, the shares. And they, they base their whole personality and life off of what other people think about them on social media. And I don't think that's a great state of mind to have. It's bad. It gives, I mean, it's, it's, it, people aren't ready for it. People get news and spread misinformation without ever having to verify facts. I think I'm mostly indifferent to social media because it isn't something that really keeps my attention very well. And I find that if it's not just classmates from elementary and high school sharing something that I'd generally just scan right past it. But you use it like for your podcasts. Yeah. You don't see any benefit from that? Well, I don't, it's not that I don't think we see any benefit from it. I think it definitely drives people towards our content. But I think that uh, for me, it I, advertising and, and that sort of thing doesn't really do anything for me. I get advertisements for stuff all the time and I usually just I, for some reason, I recognize it for what it is, and I just go past it. If I see an advertise or if I see a posting from uh, a news channel about a specific article, I generally don't even look at it. If it's not something that has any interest to me, then I I don't usually give it any time. I think it's useful for certain things, like I said, communication, spreading of educational information, but people can use it for a platform for whatever they want good or bad and then those ideas can spread very quickly i think i have good and bad so i'm gonna go ahead and say i'm not indifferent but just right in the middle i have thoughts both ways yeah i think so too i mean what's good about it to you i think it's super to me it's been super cool to reconnect with people i agree that i've known you know a long time ago what at school friends or whatever or even and then to be able to maintain that it's an easy platform to be able to keep in touch with yeah. family or, you know. And also it, it offers a way for people to find people that maybe they were looking for and it's an easier way for mm-hmm. them to, you know, connect with family members or something. Right. Talk people. <laughs> I mean, I had, you know, I've heard some bad things. That, you know, there's always somebody's going to figure out how to use something good yeah. for not, you know. So there's so plenty. So what do you not like about it? Um... Like, what's the bad? I don't like that it can be so time, con- like, people can get so addicted, addicted to it that they can kind of lose track of mm-hmm. other things that are probably way more important, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'd say, 
uh, well, as of late, it seems to be more ads than anything. So I'd have mm-hmm. to say a downfall being ads. I mean, I'm not really out there to see ads, you know, but um, oh, I ads, guess. Yeah. I guess. See, I'm, I like ads because I'm like, I did not know I needed that, but I need that. <laughs> <laughs> I am their target audience. 100%. <laughs> While I understand some of the negative things that people have to say about social media and its impacts on mental health and our society, personally, I'm a fan. Social media helps me to stay in touch with my family all over the country and friends who have moved away. It lets me feel like I'm a part of the lives of some of my favorite people, even though we haven't seen each other in years. It lets me communicate with you, my wonderlings. That doesn't mean I don't need to detox from time to time, but all in all, I think I benefit greatly from the continued evolution of social media. So there we have it, my friends. There's so much more to learn about social media than what I listed here. Be sure to check out my website, wtwlpod.com, and TikTok for some additional fun information and videos not featured in this episode. See there? More social media bringing us closer together. Thanks so much for joining me today, and until next time, be safe, be kind, and stay curious. (sighs) Gotta change this up a little bit. Gotta add some additional things in this outro. You guys ready? Let's go. The Welcome to Wonderland podcast is copyrighted by Amy Bland and is part of Barrett Gruber Entertainment Division. This podcast is recorded in the podcast studio at GOT Sound Studio in Lexington, South Carolina. Any thoughts or opinions expressed as part of this production are those of the host unless otherwise indicated. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow, like, and share this podcast. Find us on Facebook at Welcome to Wonderland, the podcast, and on X, the app formerly known as Twitter, at Wonderland underscore pod. We are now also on TikTok at Wonderland pod. And finally, check out pictures, additional information, and go further down the rabbit hole on our website at www.wtwlpod.com. To submit corrections, additional information, or requests for episodes, please email the host at Welcome to Wonderland, the pod at gmail.com. Boom. I did it. You guys still listening? You can stop. I'm done. Psych. Now I'm done. The preceding podcast is a product of Big Media and copyright 2023. All rights reserved. Hello, podcast listener. My name is Barrett, and along with a couple friends, Zach and Trent, I host the All About Nothing podcast. A weekly discussion about news, entertainment, politics, sports, and more. We give our honest opinions about the information that's most affecting the world. Sometimes serious, sometimes funny, but never not interesting. It's the All About Nothing podcast with Zach King, Trent Clark, and Barrett Gruber. Get it wherever you listen to podcasts or visit theallaboutnothing.com for links. The All About Nothing podcast. It's likely to be the best part of your week.